You are listening to a sermon from St. Peter's Free Church in Dundee, the historic church of Robert Murray McShane. For more sermon content, please visit our website at stpeters-dundee.org.uk. And chapter 3. Revelation chapter 3, and I want to read from verse 7. It's on page 1235. To the angel of the church in Philadelphia, write These are the words of him who is holy and true, who holds the key of David. What he opens, no one can shut, and what he shuts, no one can open. I know your deeds. See, I've placed before you an open door that no one can shut. I know that you have little strength, yet you have kept my word and have not denied my name. I will make those who are of the synagogue of Satan, who claim to be Jews, though they are not, but are liars, I will make them come and fall down at your feet and acknowledge that I have loved you. Since you have kept my command to endure patiently... I will also keep you from the hour of trial that's going to come upon the whole world to test those who live on the earth. I am coming soon. Hold on to what you have so that no one will take your crown. Him who overcomes, I will make a pillar in the temple of my God. Never again will he leave it. I will write on him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem, which is coming down out of heaven from my God. And I will also write on him my new name. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. I want us to think a little bit about this particular church, Philadelphia, and to think about um, how it applies to us, and in particular, this open door. Uh, I think we are living in incredibly exciting and encouraging times and also very dangerous times. And uh, I want us to just reflect for a short while on what's happening where we're going as a church. If you're a visitor here to this church, and um, hopefully you'll learn something about us and what's been happening. Most of all, I hope you'll learn something about Christ, about Jesus Christ, whom we love and seek to follow. Philadelphia was a church that was in a city, uh, That was known as the gateway to the east. It was on the main road from Rome to the east. And I guess if there were... Oops. Am I misbehaving myself? Um, I guess if there was uh, an immigration crisis, people were wanting to swarm from Syria to Europe then, they would have gone through Philadelphia. It was described as the Little Athens because there were so many temples in the city. Uh, It suffered from earthquakes, and that made the people very insecure. The writer Strabo wrote, The walls never cease being cracked, and different parts of the city are constantly suffering damage. That is why the actual town has few inhabitants, but the majority live as farmers in the countryside, as they have fertile land. The church there was small, but it was also a church that had great opportunities. And here, note the particular description of Jesus in verse 7. He's the one who holds the key of David. He is the key holder. He opens doors that no one can shut. And what he shuts, no one can open. 
He is holy and true. He is the holy God and the real God, not one of the many fake gods. This expression, the key of David, also in 118, I will, and from Isaiah 22, I will place on his shoulder the key to the house of David. What he opens, no one can shut, and what he shuts, no one can open. And I think that is really important for us as a church to remember. We can batter away at doors you are not going to get in unless Christ opens the door. And when Christ opens the door, the gates of hell will not prevail against it. That whole teaching is really important in the New Testament. We talk about church strategies and so on, and it's important for us to think about that. But what we're really looking for is an open door. 1 Corinthians 16.9 Because a great door for effective work has opened to me, and there are many who oppose me. 2 Corinthians 2.12 I went to Troas to preach the gospel of Christ, and found that the Lord had opened a door for me. Acts 14.27 On arriving there, they gathered the church together and reported all that God had done through them, and how he had opened the door of faith to the Gentiles. It's important for us, and I'm asking the congregation here to think about this, to think about what doors is God opening and what doors is God closing? Where are we wasting our time and effort and where are there opportunities for us to genuinely serve? Now, I say this in the context also, if there's anyone here who's not a Christian, we're always praying that God would open your heart, that God would open the door, that you would be able to come to a real and saving faith in Jesus Christ. So I'm just going to spend a little bit of time thinking about some of the doors that I believe that God has opened, and to do so to encourage you in different ways, maybe to encourage you to pray, perhaps also to be involved The good thing about an open door, or the reason for an open door, is that you walk through it. There's not much use in someone saying, well, look, you have an open door to come to my house and come in whenever you want, and you never, ever go. So let's think about some of the open doors that we have. And I'm going to begin with, um, where's Christian Palmer? Is he here? Yes, come on up, Christian. Because we're going to have a little chat about student work as well. And... um, I'll let you use this mic as well. You might need to put it up a wee bit, but maybe not. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Um, Christian, you are a student. Uh, what doors do you think are open for students um, here? I think there's quite a lot of doors open for students here. Um, we often talk about being sort of aliens to our culture, and I suppose... For many students, if you suddenly arrive in Dundee um, in the midst of the excitement of Freshers' Week and all the various advertisements and leaflets that are handed out to you, um, through your own convictions, you can very quickly look like an alien to people um, because you choose not to participate in the lifestyle that they have um, or in the other things which our university campus and the students on it are so enthusiastic about alcohol and nightlife and all the rest of it. So you can very quickly become an alien And very quickly that can draw questions from people. 
and often quite curious questions as well. So I think we've found as a CU that curiosity um, leads people to ask questions. And as those questions are asked, doors are open to present to them the gospel. Okay. Now, we're in a fortunate position here in, in terms of our location where we're at as a church. And there's quite a lot of students come here anyway. Um, we've got the CU church crawl coming here on... The September 20th. In the morning. In the morning, yes. So tell us what you've got planned for that. What, what you... Well, for those of you who don't know, the church crawl is an opportunity for new students to Dundee uh, to come and visit the various churches in the city centre. And we hope that as they come... Uh, we as a congregation can welcome them um, and provide them with lunch and introduce them to some of the things that go on in our church as well and that they can get a little grasp of the fellowship that I, along with a lot of the other students here, have found so welcoming as well. Um, so it would be great if we could have, I think, volunteers first and foremost to help uh, prepare some lunch for that, soup and sandwiches. And also, for those of you who are involved in the various outreaches within the church, the Aspire Project, Sunday school, crash, worship, cap, um, even the home groups as well. It would be wonderful if we could have some representatives here who would be prepared to talk to students and get to know them and show them ways in which they can not only serve here but enjoy fellowship as well um, as part of the church. Mm-hmm. Because it's, the, the great thing is, if you like, an open door. There's an open door for those of us who are a wee bit older or even a lot younger even to to share with students and have fellowship with students. And that's appreciated both ways, isn't it? Yeah. I certainly think so. Um, I think that in many cases, as a young Christian, you can appreciate the wisdom um, that is created in, in the hearts very often of older people within our congregations um, by a life walked um, in the authority of the word and in growing in grace also. I think it's really deeply appreciated by each of us who have gotten to know some of you on perhaps a deeper level, how much wisdom and kindness you've shown to us. Okay. Um, you, you have a wee kind of student committee that helped. Can you introduce them? Tell us who they are, if any of them are here. I'm not entirely sure who's here this evening, but I have spotted Tom, who's down at the back. Um, and together, he and, and a few of us are hoping that we can uh, work together to bring a, a few more sort of student-centered events into the church. Okay. So. Great. Thank you, Christian. Much appreciated. Anything else you want to say? Okay, great. If you've got any questions, please do ask Christian. There's a great door that's been opened to us in terms of student work. And one of the things we need to do is support those uh, in our congregation or connected with our congregation who are involved in both Aberté CU and Dundee University CU. Um, Ellie is, uh, where's Ellie? Is she here? No. Yes, you are now the president, are you not? Are there any others of your exec here tonight? Rebecca, of course. Rebecca, what are you doing? You're the prayer secretary. Yeah, there are some others involved, but um, you weren't expecting to be president, and you were vice president, and you've been promoted uh, through circumstances. So I, I want to encourage the congregation to pray for you. And what a fantastic opportunity that Ellie has, and Rebecca, and others have. And here in the church, we're not asking them, look, you come and do lots of things in the church. We're saying to them, we want to support you and help you and encourage you. Uh, one of the things that we will do for students uh, is have a student hospitality scheme. And that is really uh, a tremendous opportunity. Second thing, I won't take so long with this one. There's a great door open to us through international work. 
I think it's extraordinary that in the world that which we live in, there are 110 different nationalities in Dundee. And most of them, a lot, live around this area. And a lot of different people from different backgrounds come to this church. And I love meeting people from many different nationalities. The International Cafe will beginning again, beginning again soon. When does it begin? Does anyone know? He says, I should know. Bernard. This coming Saturday. Okay. It's always on a Saturday night, and it's and it's always here. And different churches are involved, and it really is uh, worthwhile coming along to and getting involved with. But we have a lot of internationals come to the church here, and I want to make a particular plea. Um, well, last year we had a lot of Malaysians. This year already we've got a lot more Malaysians. And one of the things, of course, is that we, we all tend to stick together, don't we? So we, we, we speak with our own friends and our own groups. And I I'm continually want to break that up. And so uh, I want it would be really good if you could speak um, to the Malaysians and to people from other backgrounds as well. Because there's so much to learn. And they're so lovely. And to me, foreign food is always great. Now, I'm Scottish, so maybe that's why uh, I think any other food is great. But... Um, Foreign food's fantastic. And when you get to know people from different countries, one of the things they want to share with you is their food. That is so worthwhile. Um, that's not the only reason for doing it, but it's, it's, you know, this church is famous for being the church of Robert Murray McShane. And he had to travel six months, well, three months to get to Israel to meet Jews and Hungary and so on. And we can meet people here of many different faiths and many different backgrounds. And it's a tremendous privilege and a tremendous open door that God has given us. So please do think about that. There's something else as well. And you're, think, you're saying, well, how much more? Well, there's quite a lot, actually. So hang on. And this is not, I'm not, it's not an appeal for volunteers. I think it's an appeal for people to open their eyes and realize what God has given us. Christians Against Poverty. Now, Chris, who leads that up, is just headed away to Tristan da Cunha for a couple of months. Um, Stephen Whitehead is here. He's very involved in that as well. Christians Against Poverty have their office here. And the ministry they, that they do is tremendous in lots of ways. Because the burden of debt and some of the extraordinary stories that you hear um, from uh, Chris and from others. It really is quite breathtaking. And there's a lot of involvement needed. Now, the good news is that the CAP money course is going really, really well. And um, the good news is also that there is a demand for the debt advisory service that they offer. The bad news is that they don't have enough volunteers to meet that demand. So when Chris returns, we're going to look at that a, a whole lot more and there are, again, it's good that we cooperate with different churches, but it's a wide open door to people who are willing to open and to share their lives and who come to seek not only relief from material debt, but also from the debt of their sin. Number four, another open door is the Aspire project. This is the project that we have based here and also in Charleston, working amongst children from Babies to 12-year-olds. Uh, Izzy is uh, the worker for that. She's about to take a nine-month uh, break. In fact, she is taking a nine-month break. Her baby is due uh, in a week's time, and we pray for her. 
But that work has been going really, really well. It's really encouraging in so many ways. And again, it's just a wide open door into so many people's lives and into these communities. One thing I ask you to pray for is we need somebody to, uh, there's a job going 20 hours a week for someone to work on the Aspire project and take Izzy's place while she has uh, her maternity leave. And then speaking of Charleston, Charleston is a housing estate to the north of here towards the Kingsway. Uh, I believe that God has really laid a burden on uh, many of us Sorry, uh, for that community, a community of about 7,000 people with a very small Roman Catholic church and a very small Church of Scotland, both of them basically, if I'm being honest, both of them basically dying. Quite a large Mormon church, which uh, I wish was dying, uh, because just heresy. But uh, we want to plant a church there as well. And how can that happen? It seems impossible. But we're praying that God would open doors. And I want to encourage you uh, to pray for that work. And then there's another open door. Uh, We've had people visiting us from Montrose over the past few weeks. And in the beginning of September, uh, David Meredith, who's the director of missions for the Free Church, and myself will be meeting with a group of people in Montrose who want to start a uh, new church there. And again, it just looks as though God is opening this door. Now, years ago, we tried to plant a church in Montrose. The door didn't open. What could we do? Nothing. We couldn't do it. But it seems as though uh, the door is being open, and pray for that. You will know about the work of Solas, and I do encourage the congregation here to pray for that because there are so many doors opening there. Uh, We've got the new magazine out. You can have a look at it on the way out, and you can also purchase a copy. There's doors opening in terms of the media. There's doors opening. Tom uh, will be bringing a whole group of people from all over Europe to train in persuasive evangelism. And these are doors that God is opening. It's it's kind of strange how these things happen. We had a, the Solas used to meet in uh, what's now the CAP office, but we were, God opened a door that Uh, gave us uh, a large building in the industrial estate or at least part of a large building in the industrial estate where we now have a recording studio and an open plan office and a lounge and a kind of wee sort of cafe area and things like that. You need to come down and pay to visit. And how do we get that? Well, you know what we do? We pay one pound a month for our rent and electricity and utilities. I mean, it's extraordinary, but God opened a door. And we walked through it. I think also of things like the Sunday school. Uh, I can remember a time, as one or two here can, when there basically wasn't a Sunday school. There was a very small handful of uh, children. And uh, it's extraordinary on a Sunday morning to see the children going out and uh, realizing some of the problems we have with space and how God is blessed through uh, John Murdoch as the elder responsible and Amy Anderson as the Sunday school superintendent and all the teachers. And what a tremendous opportunity, what a tremendous door God has opened in that. And I love it when it seems to me every Sunday I meet new children who've just started coming with their parents who love the Sunday school. 
And that's a great sign because the parents might hate the preaching, but if the kids love the Sunday school, it's too bad. They're going to have to come. Uh, and they get to hear the word of God. So please do pray about the Sunday school as well. Uh, don't take it for granted. Another open door is the ladies' Bible study, um, the young mums, uh, people always needed to help look after the children and so on, and the women's work uh, overall. And again, it's not that everyone is going to be involved in all of this, but it's just simply, these are just open doors. Speaking of open doors, there are literal open doors on Wednesday and Thursday nights in our homes because we have our pastoral fellowship groups. Uh, Somebody said to me this morning, that sounds quite scary. If you're a new person, a pastoral group, what does that mean? Well, I kind of think I know what it means, but maybe you don't. They said, well, home group sounds nicer. I don't know, home group sounds scary to me, but um, maybe that's a better way of putting it. All it is is simply this. A group of people meet in someone's home. Uh, We look at a part of the Bible. We pray together. We get to know one another. Probably have tea and coffee and cake. Depends which group you're in. Uh, Some of them occasionally even have a meal. And they're not all pals, if you see what I mean. They're just different people, uh, sometimes from different parts of the city, who meet together as part of that group. And that's how you really do get to know people and you get involved so it's a literal open door there, and I would encourage people to walk through it. Now, if you want to find out more about that, we have an introductory group, and there's a form at the back there. You can sign up for that, and we'll be starting that uh, very soon, because there are a significant number of people who wish to uh, find out more. Or if you just want to go along to one of the groups anyway, please feel free to do so. Um, Another open door that I think God has provided us with is uh, the opportunity to serve in so many different ways. In, uh, for example, with the praise, some of you might be sitting here saying, ah, oh, well, I like playing this or doing this, and, but they're already fine. No, we're always losing people and we always need new people and we could always do with more variety. It's not just there, but in many other ways, people can there are doors doors for service that are open other ministries as well not just here in st peter's hot chocolate in the center of town the christian union christians in sport um the attic and others as well so i I look at all of this and i i look at what christ says to the church in philadelphia and he says i place before you an open door and i wonder what our response will be to that. I guess also there's other things I didn't mention, like the scientists in congregations. And uh, that's another group. There are lots of different things, and they're really just open doors to share and communicate the good news of Jesus Christ in many different ways. See, the church in Philadelphia faced enormous difficulties, faced strong opposition, from a a group of Jews who Jesus says they're not really Jews, they're not following the God of the Old Testament at all. They sought to get the Christians banned, they sought to create rumor about them. But faithfulness is rewarded with fruitfulness because the enemies can do absolutely nothing about it. There is an hour of trial coming, that's what he says. 
verse 10, I will keep you from the hour of trial that's going to come. Jesus knew he had an hour of trial coming for himself. John 12, 27, now my heart is troubled and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. No, for this very reason I came to this hour. But Jesus was condemned, if you like, in the hour of trial. We are kept in the hour of trial. And I love these two things, that there is an open door. Yes, there is opposition. But whenever there is trial, God keeps and preserves his people. Now, we'll go on to look just at the last bit in a moment, but I want us to sing something because there's so much information there I gave you as well. We'll just stop and we want to sing a a song from God's word. We're going to sing Psalm 4. Oh, hear my cry, my righteous God. Relieve me, I'm distressed. Display your mercy to me now and answer my request. We'll stand and sing. The tune is done firmly and I think there's seven stanzas. So let's stand and sing. Back to Revelation chapter 3 and from verse 11. I think, by the way, um, it, it, it's hard to convey and, and try and uh, encourage people to understand and to see. But there are just, there's so much that is going on. And that can be a bad thing because you can be overwhelmed by work. But what I mean when I say so much that is going on, I'm so conscious of God at work in so many ways challenging us, rebuking us, wounding us in order to heal us, but reaching out into many people's different lives. We know that no one will become a Christian unless the Holy Spirit works in their lives. But that's why we pray and that's why we rejoice like the angels when we see him doing so. And here is what Jesus says about all of that, about this open door and the trial and so on. He says, I am coming soon. Hold on to what you have so that no one will take your crown. Him who overcomes, I will make a pillar in the temple of my God. Never again will he leave it. I will write on him the name of my God, the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem. The Philadelphians would have been used to going to temples before they became Christians, pagan temples, which would have had cracks in them from the earthquakes They would have been used when they heard an earthquake coming of running out of those temples and going away. And here, Jesus is promising them a temple which doesn't collapse. We are not, if you like, a collapsing temple or collapsing pillars, but we are abiding pillars. We are built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. In him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. Psalm 27, verse 4, one of my favorite psalms says this, One thing I ask of the Lord, this is what I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord, and to seek him in his temple. We were listening on the radio. Um, and Emma Jane was asking about this as we were listening. In the car, I don't know why, it was a BBC news item about... Uh, monks in the Judean desert who go and hide themselves away in caves. And it's hard to hide yourself nowadays because busloads of tourists come because transport is just so much more easier and people are coming out taking selfies uh, of the monks and monks ain't too keen on that. 
But um, this program was talking about how uh, he saw a group of Russian uh, Orthodox people and the priest who came with them and so on. And he looked over in the corner and there was the priest going away on his phone uh, all the time. And um, I was thinking about that. I was thinking about the, the monks and one of the monks was talking about how he wants to be away from all this and wants to be isolated. And I think some people have this idea of the temple of God as being, well, let's be honest, a building like this. You come in to the church, and then you go out, and then you just get on with the real world. But God's temple is God's people. And so when whoever's playing football tomorrow night at the five aside, who are believers in Jesus, they are God's temple. If you're studying tomorrow at university, if you're working in a lab, if you're a social worker or a nurse or a doctor, if you're at school and you're a believer in Jesus, you are God's temple. And I think that's the idea here being carried over that wherever we go, we are God's temple and we can live for Jesus. So indeed we must live for Jesus because we look upon the Lord and the Lord shines his face upon us. He talks about the new name. I will write on him the name of my God, the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem. I will also write on him my new name. I think the Philadelphians would have appreciated that because it was a town or a city that was known by two other names at least. And here, what God names us, what Jesus names us is so important. Revelation 19.12 says, His eyes are like blazing fire, and on his head are many crowns. He has a name written on him that no one knows but he himself. It's a fascinating text because it's telling us this idea. Actually, you know Jesus, but there is so much more to know. And there are more names, if you like, because names in the Bible reveal who God is. There's more still to be revealed. 1 Corinthians 13, 12 says, Now we see, but a poor reflection is in a mirror. Then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part. Then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. God calls us to be faithful to him. He calls us to walk through the open doors. He calls us to seek his face and to seek his glory, knowing that in one sense, We haven't seen nothing yet. There is so much more to come. Every now and then, I quote Robert Murray McShane, who was the pastor, as most of you know, of this church. And um, he saw this church filled, absolutely packed, a thousand people. And it's not just numbers. But he prayed and I think he prophesied. He said, he prayed that the latter days of this place, the city of Dundee, the congregation of St. Peter's, would be greater than the former. We do not know what God will do. All we know is that Christ is with us and he will bless as he pleases Our responsibility is not to knock down the doors. Our responsibility is not to build the temple ourselves. Our responsibility is to seek God and to love him and to serve him 
and then to stand and watch in complete and utter amazement as he does things which we are totally and completely astonished by. God is closing doors in Scotland and he's also opening doors. I finish with just saying one very simple thing to anyone who's not yet a believer, wherever you're at. Later on, and we will look at this uh, another time, the church in Laodicea, there is a very famous saying of Jesus about standing at the door and knocking. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with him and he with me. The Bible always has these two things like a contrast to one another. God opens doors, absolutely. But Jesus also stands and knocks and asks us to open the door. And if you're here and you're saying, I'm, not, I'm just not, I'm not going to believe. I'm, I, no, 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 I refuse, I refuse. I love this picture of Christ being just incredibly patient. Not banging on the door, not seeking to kick it in, but just knocking on the door. And warning and saying, look, if you hear my voice, open the door. I'll come in and eat with you and you with me. You can close the curtains, if you like, of your mind. You can pretend that you're not in. You can be distracted by many other noises. But if you hear the voice of Jesus say, come unto me and rest, then let him in. And I say that to those who are not believers, but I also say that to those of us who are believers Because in our lives, there can come times when we drift away from Christ and we almost imperceptibly become quite cool and quite cold and quite hard, maybe even asleep, spiritually speaking, maybe sick, spiritually speaking. And I think the Lord Jesus also, he opens up doors for us, but he also knocks on the door of our hearts. And he says, you hear my voice? Let me in. Let me in. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you for what you are doing in this place, in this city, in this congregation, and in other congregations. Thank you for uh, the many students who come here. And Lord, we know that there are 25,000 students arriving in Dundee over the next week or so. And Many, the vast majority, will not have a clue who you are. What an open door you have set before us. We thank you for students who come from other parts of the world, and not just students, but those who come to work, or those who come as refugees. And we thank you that we live in a world where it's possible for us to meet people from all over the world, even in this city. And Lord, we ask that you would help us to be gracious and to... Uh, have an open door ourselves to be hospitable. Thank you especially for the international students who come here and uh, especially our Malaysian and Chinese friends, brothers and sisters. Lord, help us, help all of us to um, see the opportunities that you have granted us to learn from one another and to serve one another. Thank you for the Aspire project and we pray that you would provide a uh, a suitable replacement for Izzy as she has a maternity. And Lord, we pray that the baby 
would be born healthy and that you would protect her and David and uh, Nathan. We ask out of God that you would remember the work of Solas and pray especially for uh, Tom with all the work he does as European director and thank you for the many open doors that have been opened in uh, Poland and in Slovakia and in France and elsewhere. We thank you, Lord, for Montrose and we pray that uh, you would help with the desire to uh, plant a new church there and also in other places. We need more churches, many more. Lord, we pray for Charleston that you would open up the door there, that you would go before and that you would help us to walk through the doors that you do open. Thank you for the women's work and the Sunday school and the pastoral groups and the praise and uh, the CU, Christians in Sport, so many different things, so many opportunities, the crash, so many open doors. Lord, thank you for our neighbors and our work colleagues. Thank you for the fact that we live in a culture where we are still free to proclaim your word. Help us to do so. Lord, we pray that in this coming week, you would open doors for each one of us. And we pray that we would be open to you and to one another. If we do not know you, grant that we would open our hearts to you and give you our whole lives. And, O oh Lord, we pray for those of our family and friends who as yet have not done so. Sometimes we look and we despair, but we shouldn't despair because you have the keys and we ask our God in your gracious mercy, you would work amongst our loved ones. We pray for any of us here who are believers who have grown cold and hard and who have lost sight of you. We thank you that you are gracious to us and you come and you speak and you tell us to open up yet again to you and you will come in and sup with us, and you will feed us, and you will shine your face upon us. Lord, grant that it would be so. Open our minds, open our hearts, open our homes, open our lives, for we ask it in your name. Amen. We're going to finish by singing um, a song that I think sums up some of what I've been saying anyway. Thank you for listening to this sermon from St. Peter's Free Church in Dundee. If you found this sermon has been helpful to you, please help us to continue building up and assisting the people of God. Visit our website at stpeters-dundee.org.uk For information and training on persuasive evangelism and how to share your faith biblically, please visit the website of SOLAS, the Centre for Public Christianity, at solas-cpc.org. Once again, that website address is solas-cpc.org. Thanks for listening.